When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. If you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. Use the Stamps.com mobile app to mail everything you need to keep your business running with up to 89% off USPS and UPS. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Use code PROGRAM for a special offer. That's Stamps.com, code PROGRAM. back once again with man bites pod for your motherfucking ass that's right the foul mouth commander is back and i got another one for you and this was actually brought to me brought to attention to me by my son um i can't believe i didn't know about this beforehand but this is 2012's antiviral yeah Um, this is a biting comedy uh, commentary on celebrity culture and the pantheon of sex and shine that you see every single day right now but god damn is this genius anyway before we get into that i must introduce my co-host i have the reverend with me how are you reverend i'm doing well man it's always a pleasure to be here with you, our commander, and our good friend, the Baron. Baron, how are you, sir? I'm really good. I'm really happy we are covering this film. This is right up my alley, 100%. Can't wait to sink my teeth into it. And, uh, yeah, no, I love doing this with you guys. It's good to be back doing it. Yes, excited. Uh, let's go, basically. Let's go. Radio, radio, man. So, that being said... We're talking about antiviral 2012. Uh, this is the this is the uh, flagship, the the debut film of Brandon Cronenberg, uh, son of David Cronenberg, who we all know from Videodrome and God knows what else. Anybody want to name films? Existence. There oh, we go. Rabid. There's so many. Yeah, French. No, no. There's no shortage. There's no yeah. shortage. A History genius. of violence. Oh, fuck, dude. You want it? Oh, man. We love I, Cronenberg. <laughs> we love. Yo, him. man. History of violence is something that I border, I've damn near brought to the table. But because we do closer to horror, like, I'm not sure about it. Anyway, love Cronenberg. So this is Cronenberg's son's first film. Um couple of quick facts about it this didn't do well in uh the world market uh had a budget of 3.2 million dollars in 2012 which is actually pretty low for a 2012 film it grossed sixty-one thousand dollars sixty-one thousand eight hundred and eight dollars 
Ooh. It lost a shit ton of money. Uh, and that's worldwide. That's worldwide uh, gross. This damn. did not do well. Um, okay. It's been, okay. It's been shit on in every fucking uh, forum you can find. Rotten Tomatoes. Seriously. Seriously. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It's, okay. it, I mean, I think IMDb has like something like a five, six, somewhere around there rating, which is okay. But this movie's fucking brilliant. And, 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 it, and they, it was submitted to Cannes, but didn't, obviously didn't win. Anyway, let's get into the fucking thing. So, in this film, we have a fellow named Sid Marsh. He works for a company called the Lucas Clinic. Um, what this company does is they purchase viruses and pathogens from celebrities who, whenever they get sick, this company goes, takes a vial of their blood, takes it back to their uh, lab. Then they uh, make sure to, what, what do you call that? Um, they copyright it, right? Make sure that when they pass it on to somebody else, nobody else can get sick from it. But it's not on the level of, oh, let's make sure nobody gets sick. It's we have the patent on this virus. So basically what they're doing is they're selling, they're selling celebrity virus to regular ass people. Um, in this, in this story, we meet this, this fellow named Sid, who, what he does is he, he ends up trying to make extra money working for the Lucas Clinic. He black market sells these viruses to a fellow named, what is it, Arvid? Yeah, I believe Arvid. Yeah, I think it's, yeah, Arvid. Um, so what he does is he'll go and collect the sample. Then he'll shoot himself up with it before he goes back to the clinic. And then take a couple of sick days. He will then shoot it into, you know, he'll pull it out of his own veins, put it into a vial, fuck off with it to Arvid. Arvid takes it off and sells it on the black market. Your man, Sid, gets paid. Um, part of this is our man Sid actually has an old model of a machine that they use over at this clinic to copyright these machine these uh, viruses to make sure that nobody once once it's injected into somebody it can no longer be passed on to anybody else it's literally a copyright <coughs> DNA strand. It's the NFT of viruses. That's right. That's exactly yeah. what it is. <laughs> yeah. And before we get any further into the plot, I mean, this David, this, uh, no, 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 I forgot. We do that later. So <laughs> never mind. So basically, your man is taking in these drugs, taking in these viruses, and then hosting them himself, selling them on the black market, and then selling them to this guy over at this meat market who sells what is, he sells 
he, this this guy at the meat market grows from cells of celebrities steaks that he yeah. sells. It's a literal butchery. Yeah, yeah, um, grown from single cells, single cells, right. organisms. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's got a farm of meat that he sells made from cells of celebrities. This is basically this is a biting commentary on celebrity culture yeah. and the pantheon of sex and shine, yeah. and yeah. um, and the fucking and and the the black heartedness that goes along with celebrity worship. Um, so there's another guy that's involved in the company. His name is Derek. He gets caught smuggling some of these viruses himself. Just the same way our man Sid is doing. When he gets fired from doing his job, Sid gets called in to go see the number one. And I'm skipping a lot of things. I know that I am. I really want people to watch this movie. Um, Sid goes in to actually take a sample of a virus from the most well-known, the tippy top of the A-list. Uh, what's her name? Um, Hannah Geist. He goes in, takes the sample, before he even leaves, injects himself with it, takes off, and then tries to go home and be sick like he normally does for a couple of days, and then finds out he's not getting better. He's getting sicker and sicker and sicker, and it's getting more violent. He's bleeding from every orifice, and he cannot figure out why. So, your man fucking goes to a clinic, tries to figure out what's going on, and quickly finds out that these people are actually, this is a rival firm that took, takes him in, and he is, they, they find out that he used he stole this virus from hannah geist and they now want to uh completely copyright this particular virus so that no one else can sell it he works for lucas firms they want to make they're they're in they're in competition he wants to make sure that they can keep the virus he winds up coming up with a way to without without a better way of saying it it's it's more clever than this but he blackmails the lady that runs this new firm into letting him out of his deal but what is going on that entire time while he's in that facility is he's sat there and they tell him flat out like yo man we can sell these viruses to people, but this particular person, Hannah Geist, died of your illness that you have right now. So what we're going to do is film every single second of you dying so that they can get some closure on this particular celebrity dying. And this motherfucker is so weak. And so banged up, he can't do nothing about it. He ends up escaping, and we're going to talk. I don't want to say exactly what he does, because we're going to have to talk about it later. In a bit of violence, we're going to talk, talk about a bunch of things. 
he ends up escaping from the thing and then exp- it, he ex- the way he ex- escapes is by using his own blood on the palm of his hand held to the mouth of an orderly which is the most fucking gangster 1984 shit I can think of and walks out the fucking door threatening to infect this woman with this disease that he has so basically he's got the DNA of this girl he's got this disease and knows how to transfer it and also how to keep this other company from copywriting so they end up hiring him the rival company hires him and this entire time it seems like he just doesn't give a fuck he's you know he's uh just doing this black market trade just getting through the day type of shit it turns out towards the end of it that once he gets cured starts working for this company should i spoil it should i just leave it alone spoil it man we spoiled everything else. People know how we do it. I, so I at the end of this motherfucker, and you got to see how it's done, pause this shit and go watch the movie. Yeah, but there you go. Spoiler alert. Fucking, they are regrowing Hannah Geist in a, an incubation chamber complete with a arm-like substance that sticks out from her coffin and he cuts that shit open, drinks the blood, and reinfects himself because it turns out he's just a fan like all the rest of these other people. It's literally just fanboy shit. This whole fucking movie is celebrity it's, worship. It's, it's celebrity worship to the point of cannibalism. Right. Yeah, that's what, yeah. To, yeah. to the point of disease and also i think there's some mm. there's some commentary on it being some orwellian 1984 shit where it's like we don't have anything left there's no control this is all we have this is right. this is enter- this is now entertainment this is the yeah. lions eating christians in the stadium type yeah of thing. yeah yeah 100 yeah absolutely anyway so um that being said gentlemen what do you reckon I really dug this, man. I wasn't aware of it at all until uh, you brought it up to the table here. Um, you know, it's just this viral fandom, and I think that that's what they're going for here. It's really obvious in the title that, like, yeah, celebrities going viral and shit like that, that it fucking encompasses an entire society that we all become obsessed with them. It's, But in the end, that every single character in it even fucking malcolm mcdowell's character who's like the other main doctor guy or whatever um has fucking skin tags that he has of his little celebrity fucking collection of his fandom you know even the people that are like supposedly trying to profit from this are still just so infatuated with the culture that they have their own toys as well you know and it's uh this fucking wealth thing that just keeps going on but you can be wealthy as fuck but not be famous and that's how this why famous people become fucking the infatuation of poor people right and also you can be famous and be very very unhappy um, yeah yeah they offer they offer they offer fame to this kid sid in the movie exactly um, they, off, they offer fame to him and it, it, it's not good 
and like, that's it's literally one, it's one what, of those it's one of those it's one of those uh, damned if you do damned if you don't type situations and you, at the end of the film he's literally sucking on the nipple of fucking fandom you know like that's right. how the movie fucking is he's like suckling uh, off of his own fucking nerddom you know and, and what that is is to me what i took from that is he is more comfortable being the suckling nerd ready to be sick and take the disease rather than be the famous person that might very well be healthy and whenever they get sick, sell their fucking diseases. He could be, he could be that person, but he decides, no, I'm the fame. That's mm-hmm. what I'm doing. And um, um, the actor who, the actor who plays Sid, Caleb Landry Jones is a perfect choice for uh, the nerd who would rather the disease, who wants to stay within the fandom rather than be famous he's himself, because he's a strange, pallid, skinny, sickly looking, I don't know about the actor himself, but he certainly morphs his own body to fit this uh, visage of uh, just un- dishealth, <laughs> of obsession, um, and I think that's also how the film works formally as well, the way it's presented. Um, the whole world is like this. The whole world is like the character Sid, you know what I mean? Yeah. It is, it is cold. It is shallow. Um, it is, um, it's very uh, it's clinical, the whole thing. Like the, the white is used a lot. Clinical white is used throughout uh, yeah. this film. So the moments, are, so the visuals of the disease, the cold sores, the growths, uh, all of that um, it stands out so much more. You know, the red leaves against the white um and that also goes into just the whole attitude um about humanity um that this film portrays uh because there's a lot of critiques i'm reading here while you're talking as well about how you don't become invested in the characters it's all just a lingering on the body horror but that's the point it is the lack of humanity that is demonstrated in this film and the giving away of humanity uh, to an idea of celebrity which has become so condensed and so pinpointed down to the point of venerable disease you know what I mean it is cold it is clinical it is obsessive it has become it's not a spectacle anymore it has become so uh, it's become clinical and medicinal and I think that is the point of it it's not about the humanity it's what humanity has given up and what what a better palette to show it on than cold clinical white yeah Right. It's 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 a literal lack of humanity. And furthermore, yeah. to further your point, I mean, when you start talking about the 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 uh, butcher shop and the steaks and things like that, the colors that you talk about being involved, about how there's this opaque bleakness that's just surrounding this entire film. There's also the fact that no one can get enough of these steaks quote-unquote steaks they are the most they are brown they are gray Uh, they are the most disgusting to look at they're the most unappetizing looking things ever but no one can get enough of them yeah but color color plays a lot into this what rather a lack of color plays a lot yes lack of color is almost a character in this movie yes absolutely for sure Uh, 
it's that filler meat. It's that gray filler meat McDonald's mm-hmm. fucking bullshit fast fashion that everyone is obsessed with and just consumes because it's that's, just consumption. It's there, and that's what everyone wants. So I want it too. That's mm-hmm. the point. That it's it's Absolutely. a biting, biting fucking um, message to celebrity culture. I love it. I absolutely love this fucking movie. And that's and like I said, and the, sorry. No, just wanted ahead. to point just wanted to point out the use of disease come cannibalism in this film. That is why I really like the use of cannibalism uh, in horror films. I think the movie Raw does it really well as well. Like there'd be a nice companion viewing piece to this as well. I may bring it up on the pod. I may bring it to the table at some point. Um, is that cannibalism in horror films. It's not about race. It's not about gender. It's just about the human being being reduced to a piece of meat that is easily consumed, ripped apart in the teeth, and then thrown away. And then unnerves everyone and anyone. That's why people don't... It's probably the least popular subgenre or technique device used in horror is cannibalism. A lot of people can't deal with it. They find it too gross. But that's why I think it's so damn effective. And in a cold clinical body horror fashion of an alternate 2012, um, young Cronenberg here, Brandon portrays it beautifully in a very 1984 fashion as well. Definitely bringing mm-hmm. some influence there. Um, yo, can we yeah, say like, this, is the, this is the first time I've seen Malcolm McDowell be a good guy ever. Good point. Yes, I think McDowell, so as well. I, I think I, so as well. I love every single thing this dude's ever done. I'm a From mark. Tank I'm Girl a mark. to Clockwork Orange. Yeah. I'm a Malcolm yeah. McDowell fan all day. Yeah. And he does a great job playing the one straight man, good guy, trying to be something of a bioethicist in this fucking movie. He's like, yo, man, like, this is what they're doing. But I don't know. Absolutely. But he's also got to capture all of the celebrities because they are treated like objects, as the Reverend pointing out, and like a Pokemon got to catch them all mentality. Yeah, sure. <laughs> That's how well, little they are reduced down to. Because Hannah Geist, the Charlize Theron-like figure of the the ultimate celebrity, she's miserable in this film. She's suicidal. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Right. yeah, 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 and she yeah. dies this- miserable. This is that, not a happy that, watch. That, this is not a happy watch. No. No, no, man. This no. is a dark. It's, it's if if Cronenberg the name is attached to a movie, you don't watch this with your old lady. Like this is not a fun movie. No, this is not whatsoever. Um, hey, just quickly. Hey, babe, let's watch Videodrome and, and fucking have a fun night. That's not gonna happen. Yes. Yeah, that's um, not your date night. Hey, do you like Blondie? it's body horror but that's how you do body horror that's why it affects everyone and why whatever he picked up from his dad and bold move as well brandon and his dad's shadow the master of body horror david cronenberg in horror here's the son yes here's the here's the prodigal prodigal son coming along with his debut nothing but body horror his first movie and i think he killed it I think he fucking killed it. Yeah, I don't know why do. this movie got shit on. I don't understand why people were upset with it. Honestly, I don't care. 
It's good. No, I don't care. I don't care. Great I think it's good. movie. And I'm really glad um, you brought it to the table so people know that this is good so they can, you know, forget the critics, fuck the critics with this one. This is this is a damn good yeah. film. And then he follows it up with Possessor. I don't know if you guys have seen it, but that's fucking amazing. I, I, I'm going to bring that up as well. Um, I watched my, my son, who uh, is going to be now a figure on this podcast of some type, just in the background, um, on his 13th birthday, wanted to 13th watch birthday. horror movies. So we watched, okay. we watched Us, Get Out, Possessor, and Antiviral. And Antiviral was his favorite. Like, he, he fucking loves this goddamn movie. Um, I bring him up because he's going to come up later. But this fucking... Um, Possessor movie is really good too. We're gonna have to mind bring fuck. that up at some point. It's isn't it a mind fuck that one? Yeah, yeah, That's, man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm really like where Brandon's going. Like the Cronenberg name continues on, absolutely. Um, as does David. David's got a new film coming out soon, it's like this year or next year at the latest, so he hasn't finished either. Um, yeah. You know, God bless Satan, bless <laughs> the Cronenbergs. Absolutely. Yes, yeah, Satan bless the Cronenbergs. Um, all right. Um, so is there anything you guys want to say before we get into some gimmicks? Uh, I've done my I've done my Mark rant, I think. Yeah, yeah. Radio. Thank you. For, thank you for this, bringing this film. Um, I'm going to start because I think that, I'll be honest with you, I think that everyone's going to think this one I might be wrong. My bit of violence is when Sid stabs the host in the mouth with the needle. Yeah. I mean, it, it's really good, dude. Let me let me think. It's hard to even come up with a second for that, but yeah, that's it's he just rages up after like a week of laying on his back. It's it's almost like, I mean, because that's the first real that's the first real set of violence you see. Yeah. That yeah. is the first time you see some somebody do something really aggressive. And it is fucking gnarly, man. It's jarring. It's an hour and 15, 20 minutes into this mm-hmm. movie. Mm-hmm. And you and this motherfucker is running his mouth fucking well, you know. You're just a fucking sample to me. You're a fucking gerbil. You just fucking live here. I run shit here. You you know, I'm making this all up as I go, but you know what I mean? That's what he's on about. And then this kid, fucking Sid, just turns around and fucking back, chucks yeah. a fucking diseased needle that everyone shook about this fucking disease into his fucking gums. And then breaks the fuck out of the hospital. Yeah, it's the most intense scene of the fucking film. I do have to say, though, fucking, I usually have a law that there needs to be some violence within the first fucking 10 minutes of something. That whole first injection of him, like, looking into that guy's eyes, fucking intense, like they're almost going to make out and shit, and fucking jabbing him in the fucking mouth with that needle is i will consider that within the first five minutes of a fucking piece of violence because it's an intense scene this kid this kid uh caleb uh so on and so forth 
this kid has this kid is really good man he is man he's really good at selling this fucking this crazy it's it's nuts i mean it's a cronenberg flick what do you want he fucking sells this i'm batshit yet i'm also able to sell this and keep a straight face yet i'm also a fanboy yet i'm also fucking out of my it's a whole deal this shit is amazing this kid is incredible Uh, I would have to um, uh, stole it from me, but it's a writer because uh, you you said everything I wanted to say there about the in, the initial injection as well because you really get the the, uh, the violence is what creeps under the skin with that injection because you makes you feel the disease it makes you become aware of just how this movie is treating disease how invasive this whole thing is um, with just the simple use of colors against a white stark background to bring attention to what's actually taking place here so yeah I agree with the Baron there uh, sorry the Reverend the initial injection but yours is fantastic as well because it has such impact even though it has been left so late in the narrative yeah so two two fine choices i think so what do you got who uh, you got (laughs) i'm very curious i got a little bit of a surprise for you guys all right like i said my son just turned 13 we spent his entire birthday watching four I was going to say, that's a good 10 hours or so of viewing there. Yeah, man. We were were up till like fucking six in the morning watching horror movies. Nice. Um, It was two Jordan Peele movies and two Cronenberg movies. That's good. Good good fathering there. Good parenting. I can care. (laughs) (laughs) So I talked to my man and we, we all use aliases here. So being that I'm the commander, this one comes from Sergeant Sidney. All right? Nice. Sergeant Sidney came up with the Jabba Royale. It is Levine versus Portland. Ooh, so ooh, we talked about that. Like we said, I call I called my son and talked to him about I'm like, yo, man, we gotta talk about what to do with it this here. And he had some ideas. And I'm like, oh, that's not a good, that's not a good fight. What you came up with, and we we talked about it, came up, came up with this one. This is a good fight here. So, guys, who wins in a goddamn fight, Levine or Portland? Mm-hmm. All right, so Levine's the dude that takes the fucking needle to the lip, right? The guy that was talking all the kinds of shit to fucking Sid and stuff when right. he was all fucking locked up. And right, Levine clearly, clearly the, a guy, clearly a guy that thinks he's tough. So eh, there might be something to that. He could probably fucking get down. He's clearly been in some shit, but you know, for sure. And then Portland's one of the two fools, like the goon squad that fucking uh, Malcolm McDowell goes and sends out to pick him up at the beginning of the shit. That's right. Uh, all right, man. I feel like Levine's kind of a cocky ass motherfucker. 
and Portland's kind of more of a fucking working man. Like he he's the goon squad, dude. He had to go fucking yeah. pick the motherfucker up in the first place. I feel like that's kind of his job and shit. I feel like Levine's just a cocky motherfucker that's like got some power issues. Yeah, I think that might be, it might be Portland that takes this motherfucker. I agree, actually, just to uh, dovetail on that. Um, what you have here is basically uh, a goon working for the uh, the underground crime boss, which Malcolm Maddell is, in a sense, in this uh, as well. He doesn't get his hands dirty. Portland gets his hands dirty. Levine's a meth addict. Yeah, you know what I mean? He runs his mouth right. off. He can be, I mean, like, he has a sharp object in his hand. You better just be careful where he's waving it. But, you know, just a simple sleight of hand distraction and he's confused and bang, he's knocked out. Um, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I think it's a mummy rap on Levine. I think it's Portland's all day. Levine will give him a run for his money for sure because he is a meth addict, he, but he's on that medicinal meth because he's a fucking doctor. So, you know. <laughs> um, yeah. Um, and given the context of the uh, film, you want to be careful because you don't want Levine bleeding on you because who knows what this motherfucker has as well. His blood is toxic. Absolutely. So it's going to have to be a bit of a careful operation, definitely. But uh, Portland has dealt with this before, though, to keep in context of the film. Yeah, he's kept with diseased, meth-addled little, um, you know, lunatics like Levine before. All right. Beautiful. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, you want to move on to rating this thing or what? I would just like to jump in with one thing that I've noticed here, that um, which I think is very interesting in terms of motivation behind the film. Cronenberg, uh, okay. uh, yes, he says that celebrity culture is completely bodily obsessed. Uh, who has the best cellulite? Who has fungus feet? Celebrity culture completely fetishizes the body. And so I thought the film should also fetishize the body, but in a very grotesque way. And a little bit of influence he saw on a Sarah Michelle... Uh, Geller interview oh, on yes. Jimmy Kimmel That's my live. Bit. That's my favorite bit. When he yeah. saw him, he saw Sarah Michelle Geller on a Jimmy Kimmel bit. Yeah, she said she was sick, and if she sneezed, she'd infect the whole audience, and then everyone started cheering. Yep. That's this film in a real life moment. Yeah. Now, to be fair, there he also said that he got very sick. Yes, he did. Was, yes. And was like obsessed with the idea that there was a microcosm in his blood that was making him feel that way. Yeah. And then, then he saw this this interview on on Jimmy Kimmel, and he was like, "What the fuck is happening?" Yes, he, <laughs> he felt so weird. Sorry, after you. No, he claimed to have a fever dream uh, yeah. about about this sickness and celebrity. And then he yeah. saw these interviews and went, oh, shit. <laughs> yeah. He had a weird intimacy to the sickness that he was uh, feeling. And he saw that weird intimacy in that interview based on the disease in his body. Yeah. How the two paralleled each other, how it connected yeah. from the fever dream to the real life celebrity moment. Yeah. I can tell yeah, you I, right now, yeah. there have been times where I've been sick enough that it was close to a psychedelic thing. So absolutely i've oh, been yeah. there as well oh fevers the delirium and that's like forget, yeah. hallucin- forget hallucinogens <laughs> forget mescaline yeah, man. you can tap into that shit oh it's not pleasant <laughs> but oh <laughs> you go places you go places so yeah let's rate the thing uh baron 
Yeah. Um, hmm. I'm giving it an 8.5. Whoa, yes. whoa, whoa. That's yeah. high That's, for the I really liked this film. I love body horror. I like horror film that uh, is clinical. I like cannibalism. Put the two together. Uh, it's a marriage in unease, definitely. Uh, and also the fact that this is someone's first film that can have that high, higher impact, can uh, demonstrate such skill as well, because this definitely has art house elements that lingers on the concept. It makes you feel uh, the concept in a cerebral as well as visceral fashion. And uh, the point I made with the characters that, um, that there is little to no characters because character does not exist. And it's been superseded by the obsession by celebrity. It is what has been taken away from humanity. I thought that was executed and conveyed really, really well, certainly for some, uh, for a first feature film off the bat. Um, yeah, I really like this film. Yes, I've been very positive about it because I felt positively about it. And then when he followed up with Possessor, I can't wait to see what this guy does next. Um, yeah, 8.5, and I am likening it to uh, HSV, Herpes Simplex Virus. <laughs> I'm keeping it in line with the imagery of the film, absolutely. Just a little rundown. HSV causes recurrent infection affecting the skin, mouth, lips, eyes, genitals. Common severe infections include encephalitis, that's elephant man business, meningitis, and neonatal herpes. It can give your baby herpes in the womb. That's how far this will dig into. That's how invasive this film is. I see what you did there. Thank you. I see what you did there. That's good. Very, that's very Cronenberg, what you did. Yeah. Man. That's good. Yes. For sure, man. I yeah, mean, this film rocks. The fucking legacy that this guy's got to come after with fucking his dad being David Cronenberg hey, is hey. insane. He's obviously doing a lot of body whore fucking homages to his dad. I, I would compare this a lot to Rabbit as well that I mentioned before mm-hmm. because that was very like sexual in nature and the fucking disease of sex being spread everywhere in a really obscure way and then this is the disease of celebrity being fucking you know fetishizing of the body literally injected just like rabbit was um i am only going to give this a fucking six out of ten for me though because it does not quite hit what cohenberg does man I'm sorry, man. That's all I can do. It just, it's kind of slow moving, man. It's really, really fucking smart, but it should only be a half an hour Twilight Zone episode. I just, it's too long for me, man. I'm just not that smart. I don't know what to tell you. So I'm going to say that this is a, I'm going to say that this is a skin tag, a cancerous skin tag. Because it was, most people are going to fucking overlook nice. this shit, but you should probably check it out anyways. <laughs> All right. Um, I'm going to give this film, I'm going to give this film a fucking uh, eight out of ten. Um, absolutely phenomenal. Actually, I should probably go eight five. This movie yeah. really, really, it, it, it tags on something I care about a lot, 
which is the fact that people put so much fucking muster and care into celebrity culture. And it does it in a really brilliant way. Um, Considering that this is his first fucking movie, there's a handful of things, yeah, I mean, he could have probably had a little more finesse with, but he fucking did this in a brilliant way. I love it. Um, I'm not even going to put a disease on it. I'm mad at this fucking Terry now. <laughs> I'm sorry, man. It's I, just he's got a lot to live up to. Love it. And love he's it. got a lot, a lot of live up to. No, don't start with me. Okay. Okay. <laughs> he's got a lot to live up it. to. This is his first movie. Yeah. You're mad, I love- <laughs> you, you're mad at a kid playing T ball. Fuck you. <laughs> this is not a kid playing T ball. If it was a kid playing T ball, uh, I'd fucking give it a one. This is good. This is good. It's just not. It's not Cronenberg, and Cronenberg's worst he's movie not might be a father. seven and a half. He's not his father. Stop I don't know, that. man. That's out. Of I line. feel I should. I feel I should jump in to be a diplomatic in the middle guy here, but nah, this is too entertaining. This is good, <laughs> and that's what this pod's about. <laughs> no, Absolutely. this fucking mo- this movie fucking rules. Brendan Cronenberg is on top of his game. This is a, I mean, he's a genius guy. I can't wait to see what he does next. And this, I mean, this was 2012. He's done plenty of brilliant shit since then. But anyway. Yeah, yeah. Um, I do have a quick question before we you sign off there, Commander, because that's everything. Gimmick section rating Radio. done. Uh, what do you have next for us, Reverend? Do you have something? I'm gonna in hit the up some some Price film, um, for sure. I will not be doing my favorite Vincent Price film, which is The Tingler, because me and Ryan already did it. Uh, and I probably won't do The Fly either, which is my second favorite. But there are so many great Vincent Price films for me to choose from. I know that it will be entertaining. Okay, so we just have to wait and see, basically, what that will be. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I got to think about that one, man. Oh, good. He's blasted all my arms. That being said, I, we have covered every single tattoo that I have now on the podcast. No doubt. Um, yeah. Cool. <laughs> That's cool. not like true. It. We haven't done the fly. We haven't done that. Never mind. We'll get into it another time. <laughs> all right. <laughs> I got it. <laughs> But you know each other's bodies intimately. Joke. Well, he, oh, whoops! I just said it, but hey, it's okay. Karen. Sure, why not? That was good. Man. That was good. I did like that joke. Anyway, we've we've been having a great fucking time here. Um, thank you for listening to this fucking particular episode mm-hmm. of this mm-hmm. uh, Man Bites Pod. We will be back soon with another episode. What's coming next? Is it me or it's um? What's happening next is we've gone around. So it is the Reverend followed by the Baron. We have something Vincent Price uh, coming up next. And I will let you guys know off mic what I have in store. Well, there you go. You're just going to have to wait and motherfucking see everybody. Thank you for listening to Man Bites Pod. We appreciate all of you. And we will see you soon. Shaman Farage.
Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.